And welcome to episode 126 of the Rough Cut Retrospective, your favorite podcast that brings you movie and TV and pop culture uh, conversations amidst the apocalypse. I am one of your hosts, Jackson, and along with me, he applies his personality in a paste. It's Carter Sims. Oh, my darling. Oh, my darling. Hi, Jackson. Hi, Carter. How are you? Oh, I'm so excited to chat today. It's been a while since we've done RCR Top 100, so I'm mm-hmm. excited to get back to it, buddy. Yeah, this week we are going to be talking Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. It's going to be a very fun conversation. Mm-hmm. But first, Carter, tell me something, boy. Tell me something, boy. Boy, oh boy. Um, Let me first say uh, news that just broke just, just a minute ago that... Uh, <laughs> Home Alone 2 star uh, Donald Trump indicted on criminal charges today on Woo-hoo! Thursday, March 30th. Uh, so there's that. That's what a some, time. That's some stuff. Remember when he we thought he was going to get arrested on Tuesday? That was fun. Um, yeah. That didn't happen. Turns out it was just filming Joker 2. I guess that was <laughs> happening too. Um, so yeah, there's that. But other than that, um, Succession's back uh, on Sunday. Watched the first episode of that. Nice final season, really great. Excited for that. Sad for that to come to an end, but it's going to be a rocking finale, I think. Um, John Wick Chapter Four, Jackson. Nice. How was it? Fucking rips, man. Hell yeah. Um, super long for no reason, but it needs to be long for just the action. The whole last hour is just throttling. It's awesome. Cool. Keanu says like I don't know, fifty words in this movie, maybe. Really. It's it's awesome. Uh, just a lot of really cool action set pieces. One of the best action movies you could see. Check it out if you haven't seen it yet. But that was a ripping good time. Um, on the flip side, I saw Champions also. Um, nice. The Woody Harrelson one. Mm-hmm. Kind of the. Uh, I was going into it thinking it was just going to be like really dumb, and for the most part, it, it was. But like it was effective. Um, okay. It it worked on me. I'll say so. Um, that was a fun little. That's a fun little family watch. The next the Hoosiers, I wouldn't say that. Um, <laughs> but they do. At one point, they do reference Hoosiers. They're like, "This isn't Hoosiers." Stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, that was a fun little time at the at the movies. And then I just want to um, applaud my own success this week. I completed watching all of the box office mojo top one hundred movies. Uh, my first congratulations. Little, thank you. Thank you. My first little pie chart closed on the letterbox stats. And I did it by watching uh, three Chinese movies that I had not seen. Were um, they good? Um, so the first one I watched, Battle at Lake Changlin, was kind of a Chinese communism propaganda. Not good. Um, mm. Didn't enjoy that. Then I watched like Wolf War. It was called Wolf Warrior 2. Have not seen Wolf Warrior 1. But Wolf Warrior 2 was just a mindless action movie. It got it was a little better than the first one, and then I watched a movie called Hi Mom, which is about like uh, a girl that like goes back in time and like befriends her mom and tries to make her happy. <laughs> okay, um, which was kind of sweet and cute, and I liked it. Um, the first two were just kind of a kind of something. It was funny because Wolf Warrior Two at the end 
it ends with like a, a stinger, like a little, like a title card that says, if you're ever in danger in a, in a, in a, in a, like a foreign country, the people's Republic of China has your back. And I'm like, what on earth? <laughs> All right. <laughs> so it's interesting to see um, the Chinese film production side of things. So, so yeah, I watched those and, uh, I'm all good there. So that was a journey. I'm on to the next one. So Neat. not sure not sure what that'll be, but that's what I was into. What about you, buddy boy? Yeah, I was into a couple things. Uh as far as like the news side, um, I saw we gotta talk really quick about the Jonathan Majors oh, uh accusations of like eight he like there's like eight charges of assault and like yeah. he maybe choked a woman out or something. Like a real weird situation going on over there. So in a taxi, right? That's where yeah. the uh, there's apparently footage yeah yeah, his team is pretty confident that like it's gonna be okay but i I don't know maybe you just say that whenever (laughs) you're backed up against the wall anyways i i don't know it seems kind of weird dude is on top of the world we'll see what happens with him. i know he's got a crazy i mean he's got a movie that coming out in december that has like had i think some oscar buzz for him but uh, Mm -hmm. now i'm I'm not sure about that that's a weird campaign to run yeah but we'll we'll see. see yeah um so yeah there's that uh the asteroid city trailer came out this week and it's really good super excited Mm -hmm. um davy informed me that steve carell like replaced bill murray for it i guess oh really i didn't know that either but yeah so i thought that was pretty uh interesting and it just looks oh go um, on was that because was that all the like the allegations of um yeah that happened like, yeah, a couple, like a year ago or something mm-hmm. and it is kind of surprising just because like i feel like bill murray is one of wes anderson's guys like that like, yeah. shows up in like pretty much everything mm-hmm. um so man maybe it must have been pretty damning stuff if <laughs> wes anderson was like you know what we're gonna take a break from you instead he went um, to do ant-man in that yeah, time exactly maybe. exactly oh. with jonathan majors Ooh, sliding doors mm-hmm. um it's fun though <laughs> But yeah, so that looked really cool. It looks like one of the most Wes Anderson movies to Wes Anderson. Um, yeah. And I really like the colors, like the blues. and Oh, it, it just looks very good. Um, yeah. Then uh, I checked out Knock at the Cabin this week. Mm. And it is not as bad as everyone says. Um, I liked it better than Ammon and the Wasp. Mm-hmm. And I put it just below Megan on my rank of 2023. I haven't seen a ton of movies so far. but Nice. Um, yeah, it's solid. Dave Batista is eating. Yes, he is. He's doing really good in it. I just don't know if it has like a lot of rewatch value. I don't. I don't know. That's kind yeah, of how I felt about it's it. that seems that's sometimes the struggle with a lot of Shyamalan movies. I think. Yeah. Because once you know the the quote twist, mm-hmm. um, I don't know if you know. I don't know if people haven't seen Knock at the Cabin. Maybe fast forward like a minute. But do you know the change it made from the book? No. That it's based on. I read this after the movie because apparently that's kind of the twist because mm-hmm. the book ends like in that, like when they're fighting Dave Batista's character in like the shower scene in mm-hmm. the bathroom. <laughs> I that, thought that was so stupid. <laughs> when they like, obviously fight- didn't fit through the window. No, of course <laughs> He's not. He's still in there. <laughs> when they're like fighting over and getting trying to get control of the gun, mm-hmm. they accidentally shoot the little girl in the book oh. and she dies. And um, so that was a change from the hmm. book. And then the books left like ambiguous, like what choice did they actually make? But Shyamalan hmm. took made a definitive choice. But um, so, yeah, that's kind of the twists, which I thought was interesting. Um, but yeah, I think it's yeah, a perfectly fine movie, I would say. It's Fun like a quintessential but... three star movie, I think. Yeah. Also, yeah. Jonathan Groff is really, really good in it, too. I yeah. thought he was doing good. Rupert Grant is fun just to see acting again. 
before he bites the dust real quick. Yeah, he, he bites it pretty quick. But um, but yeah, so on top of that, uh, Ted Lasso episode three or four came out mm. this week. Really good. I feel like we're finally at a spot where like, like we kind of we're, we're up to speed now. Now we're just doing Ted Lasso stuff. And it, that's fun. really great. Um, which you haven't seen any of the new episodes yet. Yeah, I'm behind on that right now. Gotcha. Um, but I'm going to catch up on that. I just have very to great. sit down and do it. Yep. We'll have to do an episode on that. Um, and then, Wonderful. yeah, as you said, with the letterboxed uh, progress lists, there's like an update where you can make your own like tracking lists, which is really cool. So I, yeah. I copied and cloned some lists. So I'm going to try to do, I have all of the animated best picture nominations. Like oh, as a that's list. I'm going to try to watch those. That's fine. And then I'm going to do, it, this will take me forever, but I made a, I went ahead and made a list of every Oscar best picture nominated movie. That's so maybe I'll, that'll be like my next watch list as I go through looking for new stuff. So yeah. you and I'll have a little, some overlay there because mm-hmm. I added my list of just every movie ever nominated for an Oscar. Yeah. So I'll be plugging along with you there. So I'll have to clone that list. So <laughs> go for it. It's, it's up there somewhere. It, so. There's a ton. Um, but yeah, that's what I've been into this week. Sweet. Should we hop into some discussion, Jackson? Let's do it. Let's move on to I'm ready for my close-up. All right, Mr. DeMille, I'm ready for my close-up. Oh, boy. All right. Eternal sunshine of the spotless mind. Hello. I'm Howard Mirziak, founder and president of Lacuna Incorporated. Why remember a destructive love affair? Here at Lacuna, we have perfected a safe, effective technique for the focused erasure of troubling memories. In a matter of hours, our patented non-surgical procedure will rid you of painful memories and allow you a new and lasting peace of mind you'd never imagined possible. This is a hoax, right? I assure you, no. Is there any risk of brain damage? It's on a par with a night of heavy drinking. Nothing you'll miss. Directed by Michael Gondry and co-written by Charlie Kaufman and some others that we'll mention later, but mostly Charlie Kaufman. Uh, this movie released in 2004. The logline. When the relationship turns sour, a couple undergoes a medical procedure to have each other erased from their memories. Starring Jim Carrey, Kate Winslet, Kirsten Dunst, Mark Ruffalo, Elijah Wood, Tom Wilkinson, Jane Adams, and David Cross. What a cast. What a cast. Oh, man. I can't wait to get into that later. Um, This movie was released on March 19th, 2004, distributed by Focus Features with a budget of $20 million, a very cheap movie, and a box office of $74 million. Carter, wow. Yeah. When was the first time you saw this movie? Um, I think I think it was sometime around high school. I think was the first time, but I remember revisiting it in college um, because I took a screenwriting class uh, mm-hmm. in college my senior year, 
And our professor would not shut up about Charlie Kaufman. So <laughs> we watched, this is when I watched like adaptation, um, mm-hmm. eternal sunshine. Cause I think also like, I don't remember what publication put out a list of like the top 100 screenplays of the past uh, 20 years or something mm-hmm. of the 21st century. And I think eternal sunshine was number one or number two. Did you do that or get out? Yeah. Um. So obviously we talked about that script a lot in that class and kind of the, um unorthodox writing of charlie kaufman um so that was definitely the first time i watched it and actually sat down and like thought about things mm-hmm. um and then in combination with this time as well the, my rewatch this week so so yeah what about you when was the first time you watched it the first time i saw this was uh my sophomore year of college it was for a film class that i took with a bunch of my buddies and it was awesome i was so shocked at how good it was because it was a film that like everybody kind of hypes up in in film yeah. school and you're like oh this can't be that good and Definitely. it is that good yes um yeah i loved it and instantly fell in love with it and my professors is always like oh yeah like i got this script a long time ago and i read it over and like this is like one of the best scripts i've ever read in my entire life like it's a perfect script and like everybody just obviously talks so highly of it and because yeah. it's amazing True. um yeah carter what are your initial thoughts of this um movie? So my initial thoughts um, are just well, when I was watching it, I was kind of watching it in a lens because I'm still in this post Oscars mm-hmm. like come down and like still reeling in the in the fact that like everything everywhere all at once, like a caliber movie like that one. Yeah, like a totally. weird movie. So I was thinking about that a lot when I was watching this because I mean, before a 24 was a thing, obviously, this feels like an a 24 movie, a movie they would, mean, yeah. they would sink their teeth into just so weird and unorthodox. And like, if this movie came out today, I think you could make an argument for like, this would win best picture. Now Um, I know we'll look at the Oscars of this year and how it was kind of a interesting year for things like that. Mm -hmm. Um, But so I watched it in that lens and just how like, they really just don't make movies like this or like, at least they didn't in 2004, really that actually got really ahead of its time. Yeah. That got like a claim. So like if it came out this year again, I think it would get way more acclaim than it does. I think it stood the test of time and it's, you know, it's unorthodox. I don't want to call it a rom-com. I mean, there's some stuff that's funny, but it's just more just like a a romantic movie. Mm-hmm. One of the most romantic movies you'll ever watch. Um, it's like the inside out of romance movies, I would say. Um, and and yeah, without getting into the details, I just think it's it's unlike anything and really just paints like love and loss and destiny in a, in a really fun way, unique way that you, I have never seen before and have yet yeah, to totally. see since. So yeah, that's, those are my initial thoughts. What about you, sir? Yeah, totally. I think for me, one of the things that I really got to thinking about is how much I love the genre of science fiction Yes. And how like it can span from like interstellar where like you're literally traveling through black holes to find other other worlds to like habitate so you can continue the human population. And then there's this, which is just like this intimate love story told within someone's brain. Yeah. And it's like so weird. Like it's such a weird concept that like on paper shouldn't work, but like is literally one of the best things ever written for, <laughs> for a yes. script. Um yeah, I, I just think it's like it's 
such a good love letter to like the idea of science fiction and like how this small concept can be like a huge part of it, but also like take a back seat to the story that is like this relationship. And I I just think it's so, so subtle, but like so powerful at the same time. Absolutely. And like, yeah, I don't know, like black mirror and stuff like that. I feel like, and even like, honestly, like everything everywhere, I feel like stuff like that couldn't really exist as soon as it did if not for like something like this coming along definitely to do this, like the way. small yeah. thing yeah to yeah. this small thing i just think it's fantastic Faux show woohoo all right let's move on to great scott great scott Woo. all right we're showing the time capsule of 2004 carter how old were you in 2004 oh god um seven i think i was seven I was years six. old nice <laughs> okay in the prime so, of my life um yeah these were movies that were released in 2004 uh one of which that i think is pretty interesting that was released on the same opening weekend was Zack snyder's dawn of the dead whoa what a weekend right um and then other movies released we have halle berry's catwoman sam raimi's spider-man 2 the aviator shrek 2 prisoner of azkaban million dollar baby and ray ah good year fun pretty good year yeah i would say Got your Harry um, Potters, yeah. your superheroes, your original stories. Love it. Some top songs of 2004. We have Yeah with Usher <laughs> featuring Lil John and Ludacris. Of course. Put Off Your Shoulder by Jay-Z. <laughs> she Will Be Loved by Maroon 5 and Britney Spears, Toxic. Oh, my gosh. Well, let me uh, let me just for some insight that I'm still stuck in like high school. So all, I still just listen to old Maroon 5 songs. So songs mm-hmm. about Jane. Big album for me. Love that album. <laughs> Anywho. Perfect. And then, of course, uh, some big current events at the time. We have mm-hmm. the Janet Jackson Super Bowl performance. <gasps> the nip slip? Very, yes, the nip slip. Oh, man. Um, We have Facebook being founded in 2004, which is kind of interesting. And we have NASA landing the Opportunity Rover on Mars. Dang. Go NASA. Yeah. So there's some kind of like, yeah, I don't know, some fun little events. All right, let's move into the pre-production of this film. Uh, So the concept of Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind came from conversations between the director, Michael Gondry, and one of the co-writers of the film, uh, Pierre Bismuth, in 1998. Um, Bismuth basically conceived the idea when speaking to a friend uh, who was complaining about her boyfriend, and he kind of jokingly asked if she could erase uh, her boyfriend from her memory if she would do it, and she was like, yeah, of course. Um, so then this kind of sparked this like little obsession with him where he wanted to do this art, like, like this, like, how do you describe it? Like, um, yeah, just like this art experiment where he would send letters, uh, to people being like, Hey, someone, you know, has erased their memory of you just so you know. Um, and it's so kind of like what happens in the film, like it was just something that they adapt later, but he didn't end up going through with this, but, um, Gondry uh, approached Charlie Kaufman to, with the concept where they worked on the script uh, or worked on a pitch first, which mm-hmm. was bought in 1998. Um, and then during this time, Kaufman took a break to work on other projects. And <laughs> during this break, Memento was actually released. Oh. And it <laughs> like obviously deals with memory loss and, and stuff like that. And it, it scared the shit out of Kaufman <laughs> to the point where he didn't want to do the project anymore. He's like, I'm out. This is too similar. Like, I'm not, I'm not doing this. And they were like, get your act together. We're doing this movie. <laughs> and so they ended up going through with it. <laughs> That's crazy. Um, yeah. 
the the studio had a ton of concerns with the script because sure. like it's so high concept and they were like you should really make this like a thriller like that's what we want out of this give them guns like, we, we want a thriller and then yeah. kaufman was like no like we should definitely like focus it on the relationship also probably to kind of stay away from the memento comparisons and, and <laughs> stuff like that true yeah that's um, cool yeah totally i i think i think it worked a lot better just to do that and send you a thriller yes, um that would have been bad the film used minimal cgi with many of the effects accomplished in camera they use like forced perspectives and like with like the childhood kitchen scene and mm, yeah. all sorts of weird stuff. And uh, one of Kaufman's biggest rewrites during the production uh, was changing the way Clementine's behavior would work throughout the film. So like originally she was going to become like robotic as her memories were erased because like if like the, the memories of her are going away, then like her personality would be going away. But like Kaufman decided that that's like way too confusing uh and, and doesn't really serve the story so he decided to just like distort and destroy the settings of the memories to keep the narrative better Very which cool. i think works yeah that definitely works yeah. so let's move to you did it congratulations you did it congratulations yes carter what works in this movie boy i have a lot um i already mentioned weird movies getting like their big time recognition um, I think that's just aged particularly well. Mm-hmm. Um, something we'll talk about again down the line uh, in another episode, but just when funny people are in pseudo serious roles, mm-hmm. you know, like we'll talk about Jim Carrey later for sure. But like watching this movie, I was like, wow, Jim Carrey, like would usually maybe be playing this Kate Winslet role, you know, like being kind totally. of like over the top at some, some points being larger than life, kind of this weird wacky guy, quirky guy. But him just like toned down and just being the vessel to which all this randomness happens, uh, really effective. He does that very well. Obviously, when we do, we'll do Truman Show sometime down the line, and we'll talk about that once again, mm-hmm. probably. Um, the cast, this ensemble, I think is just has really aged, fun. Really fun has aged tremendously well. Um, like before, they were like really, really big, like Mark Ruffalo. Um, and like, I guess Kirsten Dunst was, you know, in a Spider-Man sequel this mm-hmm. year, Elijah Wood coming off the, coming off of Lord of the Rings, like a lot of just a, just a lot of fun people, just really successful people, all Oscar nominees or winners just doing a lot of fun stuff. So I like that as well. Um, I'm going to just, I'm going to leave, I'm going to pop back to you. I have more, but I know you probably want to get into some themes, which I have written down too and things like that, but. I'll yeah, pop totally. over to you. Yeah, something I wanted to discuss that I think kind of uh, is more of an appeal to like its overall aesthetic is its inspiration from the French New Wave movement, which I think Ooh. is like really interesting. Mm. So if you don't know, the French New Wave uh, film movement was like during the 1950s. It was like kind of avant-garde rejection of traditional film mil- filmmaking. Um, there was, um, you know, long shots, improvisation, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um so like a lot of the stuff that they did was like heavily inspired by that. So for example, like they they would have like a lot of the actors um improvise and and, and like move around in the rooms differently every single time and oh, but they, they which is really really interesting and they had like these two people with handheld cameras and they would just walk around the scenes with them to get this like shaky cam footage that I think like works so well and like speaks to like 
just the overall like tone and feeling of the movie like it feels really raw but like also really warm at the same time they do a really really good job at like capturing that type of stuff yeah Um, just like they get the like that's how memories are they're raw they're shaky yeah like Mm -hmm. yeah that that does really well with that nice yeah totally and like it's it's pretty funny because like jim carrey was told like he's not allowed to do these improv improvisations because like that's like kind of his whole shtick and he wants him his character is supposed to be like unspontaneous mm-hmm. so, like he shouldn't be doing that and he he talked about uh gondry talked about he goes sometimes uh i had to talk to kate winslet in a different room and tell her go as big as you want this is a comedy and to jim i'd say this is a drama not a comedy <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome i love when i love when directors do shit like that yeah um and then yeah going back to like just like the cinematography a little bit they with oh. the french new wave they they did um they they would put them on wheelchairs and roll them instead of using dollies for filming, which is why so many of the shots like of these long takes are shaky. And like, it's it's just a really cool like way to do like these low angle wobbly shots that feel a part of the story. Like it, like it makes sense within like the universe and like everything that they're doing. And it just kind of makes it like its own style, which I, I really love. God, there's so many awesome shots in this mm-hmm. movie. Like, I, like, one in particular that I just I wrote down was when he goes to see Clementine for the first time and she's talking to what's Elijah Woods Patrick Patrick yeah in the store in the store that she's working and he storms out of the store and the lights turn off behind him and then he's yeah. suddenly back in David Is Cross's in, house yes amazing it's so like, good incredible stuff but yeah um also just speaking of like how we talked about it's like warm and like the cinematographer talked about how like she wanted um to do like a lot of warm natural light but like specifically wasn't allowed to light the characters Mm. so like she would like hide all these like light bulbs behind set dressings and light the entire sets in like a really warm way that like wouldn't interfere with the characters it's really interesting stuff that's Um, so fun the lighting in particular in this movie is great because then you have you have shots like that and then you have like those Blair Witch shots where it's just following them with just like that and spotlight. With the spotlight, people. yes. And it's so intense in like yeah. such a cheap way to like show that. And like then you'll just have like these shots where like this whole take is literally just a spotlight and otherwise they're just in the dark, <laughs> which I think is so interesting. <laughs> it's so fun. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. So that's that's something I really like. Um, I guess do you want to talk about like we can talk about the science fiction like scope for a little bit, just because it, it is such a like a small idea that like yeah. can expand in ways that like you wouldn't really consider. Um, the concept of erasing your own memory. Would you do this, Carter? Is this something that seems safe? Uh, no, it doesn't seem safe. <laughs> I think I think at one point the doctor is like Tom Wilkinson's character because he's asking like, "Is it safe?" And he's like, "Well, technically, it's brain damage." So yeah, it's like a day. It's like a day or a night out of drinking heavily or something is what he compares it to. Um, no, I wouldn't do it. Um, mainly just because of like, I guess that like the, the lesson, the kicker at the end of the movie, which is just like, you know, like the destiny of it all. Like, even mm-hmm. though your memories are wiped, it, it doesn't erase your tendencies and, and your, and your lonely nature. So like, I mean, a spoiler alert for the end of the movie. I don't know why you're listening if you haven't seen the movie, but like they end up finding each other again. Mm-hmm. And and it's just like the deeply romantic nature of that, the brutal nature of that. And we'll get talk when we get into scenes. But no, I would not erase my memory. But I think it's a really 
cool idea for a premise for a movie. And it's so when the movie starts, it's like you you don't really know what's going on. Like Mark Ruffalo and Elijah Wood break into this guy's house and drug him and have all it's these really scary, yeah. Have all these computers and like this giant helmet thing, and, and you're like, what is going on? Um, which is why the script is so is so tight and good because for the whole time you're like, what is going on? Turn the page, let me see what's next. But yeah, mm-hmm. would you would you erase your memory? Definitely not. It, it's really fun to see like why people are going in. Like I think at one point you see him sitting next to a man who's like holding a bowling trophy that must have belonged to someone, which is really mysterious and kind of interesting. But like uh, also like the woman who has like a dog bowl and like a leash <laughs> yeah. who wants to forget her dead dog, which is yeah. just like so silly. Um, yeah, I, I think tons of people would do this. I would not advise people to do that. That seems like a, a huge mistake and you're kind of just missing out on the lessons that you gain from your experiences and that seems kind of a waste Correct. of your time to 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 suffer and also just like forget it all like you got to learn from it a little bit at least yeah like to be whole you need the good and the bad to, yeah exactly to learn and grow yeah 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 Beautiful. so I, I just think that's a really fun concept what else you got carter um i just uh, just talking about like uh, the the concept of it there too like the the flip side of like Elijah Wood's character to have the audacity to like steal someone's memories with people. What a freak! What a let's freak. talk about him for a second. Okay, sure. This I love Elijah Wood in everything. Yes, I hate him in this. He's but he's like weasel. doing his he's doing his job. He is yeah. the creepiest character that like doesn't murder people. Like like out of all the bad people who doesn't who don't do violent crimes, he is like the worst one. Yes. Like, oh, what a scumbag freak. Like, and he and like and he works for the company too. And yeah. Like, after they wipe her memory, he's like, Yeah, I'm gonna go after her now. And I have all this inside baseball knowledge. And he has literally all of the things, <laughs> all the memories. And he just is reading verbatim like things and moments that they recreated moments together. Such a evil, weaselly concept that mm-hmm. I think he and Elijah Wood is great at that. And I think it's fun too, because he comes off of Lord of the Rings where he plays like the hero, the, the hero, protagonist. Yeah. A quick turn. I love that. So. Yeah, it's so fun too because like the look that they give him is just like <laughs> the scumbag for the sideburns. Also. Yeah. <laughs> he looks so grimy and just disgusting. But I do like too because it, it's like he, th- this B plot is like a really, really solid B plot of just like all the scientists doing their thing and also mm-hmm. um, with Clementine and, uh, and Patrick like she's like freaking out because like he's doing technically all the right things sort of that um got her to fall in love with Joel at least to him like he's yeah. like I should be doing this right I don't understand what's happening and it's freaking her out because like everything is like eerily something that she would want to hear but it doesn't feel genuine or or real at all so it's kind of like this commentary of like you know like you have there's more than just like doing the right things like you have to like have the passion and and the like, there's just like no emotion there. It's just all like going through the acts, and it's not enough. Yeah, it sends her down a down spiral, which is really interesting and just really disgusting on his part. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's brutal. Yeah. Um, the other stuff I could talk about when we get to scenes, but the last thing I just want to say is just that the score of this movie mm-hmm. is just so bizarre. It's really wacky. weird. Like, neither scene is the same vibe than the past one. Like, there's all these weird. I can't even describe it. Like every single scene is scored a little differently but mm-hmm. it feels the same and it's just yeah i just thought it was really really goofy in some aspects and then like really 
gut wrenching at other times, but it's really good score. I don't know who did the score, but it's good. Uh, I forget. Sorry. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> Can't I don't, it doesn't matter. <laughs> Um, um, yeah. yeah, I wanted to talk really quick also just about like Mark Ruffalo and Kirsten Dunst and like their fun like chemistry <laughs> and this is maybe like my favorite roles for both of them that yeah. I've ever seen them in. It's just like Mark Ruffalo first of all is like acting really well for once. Sorry Mark Ruffalo. I think you're great. you seem like a cool guy. <laughs> I just think this is like maybe one of your best performances that I've seen. Yeah. Um, and Kirsten Dunst also is just like sh- this is what Mary Jane like should be I feel like. And like for some reason, like Rainy, just like fun and bubbly, and just like yeah, she's great. But like so much with so much passion and like I, I don't and motivation and and that's just like not what we really see in like other movies that of her that released the same year. So I don't know why Sam Raimi wasn't trying to channel that out of her because it's like so much more fun. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, she's they're so great. Like the scene of them like dancing in their underwear is like super fun and. They're just a blast to watch together. They're fun. It's like the lane that Mark Ruffalo is best in when he's playing like neurotic cerebral characters. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And like, which lately we haven't seen much of that. And, and maybe it doesn't work as much whenever you kind of grow, like when you're like an adult, like a really like yeah. much older adult, yeah. like maybe it's Probably just right. not as charming or. But like natural, him and but like yeah. him in Spotlight is kind of some similar energy. And mm-hmm. I, lo- I love him in Spotlight. He is really good in Spotlight. Man. So. It's just it just depends on the vessel and what you're what you're acting, mm-hmm. I suppose. But yeah, um, I actually have one more thing, and then we can and then we can move on if you wanna. But go for it. Yeah, mine is just like because I think we all knew a Clementine in our day, mm-hmm. um, just like the manic pixie dream girl. Um, Ooh, I have an interesting thing to say about this. Oh, please, you go say on now, or do you wanna? No, okay. no, no, go on, go on, go on. I I just want to say I feel like I personally like knew one of these people like this larger than life like girl that walks in your life and is like seems like really attainable and a little scary and too good to be true at times um very forward like says things to you like i'm gonna marry you and you're like does she mean that but she probably just says that to a lot of people because that's just how she is i definitely Mm -hmm. knew one of those girls um that just like makes you like feel alive and spontaneous and then they move on and they're like oh well there she went but that's yeah what 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 are yours what's your take on the manic dream girl I want to think I, I want to say that I think it's really interesting because I think she's kind of a rejection of that of that trope, right? Mm, yeah. Um, I think like she has this quote that is amazing. It's one of my favorite quotes, but we'll get to it. But I'll just say she goes, Too many guys think I'm a concept or I complete them, or I'm gonna make them alive, but I'm just a fucked up girl who's looking for my own peace of mind. Don't assign yeah. me yours. It's yeah, so good. Great. And what's great. really interesting, this character existed a year before the term manic pixie dream girl was coined. Oh, did it really? Yeah. Oh, interesting. Um, I have it in my interesting facts. Oh, um, yeah. Nathan Rabin uh, coined it in 2005. Uh, <laughs> and for the movie Elizabethtown, ironically, oh. uh, used to describe a character that was played by Kirsten Dunst in, in that movie. So, yeah. Well, how about kind of that? Yeah. But yeah, I just think that concept is 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 unique. And like you said, it's kind of a rejection of it in, in some well, respects. Yeah, so. it, it's a re- she is like, she does fit that like vibe totally but i think the the idea of it is she only fits that vibe if you project that onto her like if those characters are are wanting that and that's what she talks about in the in the movie right absolutely um yeah and i think that's really interesting yeah that's all i got destiny love hurt regret boom yeah pretty good beautiful do you want to move on to your favorite scene sure let's do it what do you got um 
this is uh, this movie's so hard to like chop into scenes. Um, but the first one I have, I just always respect a movie that gets like 20 minutes in and then gives you title cards. And it is good. T- and the title of the movie. So I like the whole like, oh, he skips he skips work and they, he meets Clementine. And you think, I mean, in, in the beginning of the movie, it's just structured so well because you think that's the first time they're meeting. Yeah. Um, And it's not like they do the honeymoon on ice and all of that. And Elijah Wood shows up and you're like, what? And he like he asks if he needs anything and he's confused and and then you go to the title card and he's crying and you're like oh well I don't know what's mm-hmm. going on there so that's weird um but then my first real favorite scene is just the first explanation of like the memory erasure process mm-hmm. um when he goes in and like I just first like how all of it's treated like so normally like no one mm-hmm. thinks it's like a bizarre out of this world there's a bunch of people in there they're just calling the office it's just an unassuming office and it's not like treated as this weird, not outrageous procedure. Um, So they just like, he talks about collecting the memories of Clementine and the process of it. And then he starts seeing, it it turns sci-fi when he like starts seeing himself outside his own body and, Mm -hmm. and it starts to get really weird. And, and then, and and yeah, so that's the first one I got really. Um, And then when he decides uh, you can hop in if there's, if there's ones that I'm missing in between, but when he decides he wants to like take it all back in the middle. Mm-hmm. And that's when, that's when we talked about it, when the handheld cameras and the spotlights come out, when he's like rolling around on the ice and the spotlights following him and the people like appear in the train station, start disappearing when he's trying to run away, yeah. hide in other memories. And, and it starts like showing people's faces in the background and the faces are all blurred and distorted. Mm-hmm. Um, I like that a, a lot. Do you have any totally. like, in between there that I'm missing or? Yeah. I, I did want to start with like the, the meet cute train scene where yes. like he, he is like running away from his uh, day job, uh, mm-hmm. which we kind of realized. I, I do got to shout out the structure again. Like it is insane how this yeah. movie works. And like, I think on multiple viewings, it is way easier to follow to be fair. Um, yes, but like definitely. the way it like starts at the end and then like goes back to like almost the end and then we work backwards and then we're back at the the end <laughs> it's like so weird <laughs> um but like so so great and then like to use like the hair colors to kind of like represent like the seasons are. of their relationships but also like help guide the narrative and to keep track of where you are timeline wise is is really interesting too um but yeah like i love how like her hair is like like green whenever they first meet for the first time in real life. Cause it's like, Oh, it's his spring. It's his awakening. Like yeah. he's gonna, he's gonna find love in this new relationship. Cause at the time of him meeting her, he's dating someone named Naomi that we never see. Yeah. And, and so it's like, Oh, like this revitalization. And then of course we go through like the hot passionate summer and, and then like finally to like, you know, fall and winter, where, like the blue of like the dying of, of their relationship and kind of moving on. And I don't know. I think it's really interesting, but, but yeah, to get to the train scene where it's like they're meet cute for the first time, but not really the first time. And like, Mm -hmm. it explains so much of like why they work and why they conflict and how like they're these opposite forces a little bit, but also very much cut from the same cloth of unhealthy and, and just really interesting. But yeah, I, I love that, that train scene where like she punches them and stuff and it's just like really weird and offbeat. And it's like, what is going on? Yeah. He's like struggling to keep up. And yeah, that's exactly. where, that's where you first, that's where I first felt the like, 
wow, these roles are reversed. Like that should be Jim Carrey and that totally. should be Kate Winslet. And then yeah, they're both so very much like against their typecast, which yeah. is like really, really fun. Yeah, that's great. Um, uh, so oh, yeah. then uh, I can go, or do you want to go? You no, go. actually, I think you're. I think we're good. I think we're still okay. We're yeah, still I on. Next. We're still on par. Okay. Um, I just want to quickly mention how unethical this crew is. We talked about it a little bit. <laughs> oh, like, totally. There's a there's just shots of like you mentioned it when they're dancing naked like on the bed on then, top of him, <laughs> unconscious. They're, they're laying there smoking and they have like a plate of food sitting on his crotch <laughs> on Joel's crotch. <laughs> just oh, it's great. I just I just love how ridiculous they are and the whole process is. Um, um, when Joel goes off the map the first time, I just mm-hmm. think that's a really brilliant framework. How they create it when the first one is when like he goes back to when he was four. Yeah. And they start doing the forced perspective, Lord of the Rings. Very stuff. fun. Yeah. Uh, and he's crying and he, and and they're just trying to hide in the memories. And then Tom Wilkinson's the doctor comes back and like finds him. Mm-hmm. Um and then they and then they keep going and then he's like he goes to when he was he was his mom caught him masturbating and yeah, they hide in his shame, which I think is like yeah. a really interesting concept. Yeah, it's so good. And then when and he it's like, like to porn that he drew, and it's like, oh, that's yeah. like extra weird. Like, yeah. And then when he's like killing the bird when he's like, I don't know, three years old or something. I, like that. I love that moment where it's like both of them, like, and him, like, it's like this obviously very traumatic moment where his friends pressure him into like, like smashing this- a dead bird with a hammer. And like, it's <laughs> yeah. really gross and weird. Uh-huh. And he's embarrassed by it. And then you have her, like, who's like comforting him. And she's wearing like the outfit that she wears in like one of her childhood photos. Like if you go through like their memories that uh-huh. like they're collecting to like get rid of, it's a really fun detail. And then like just the whole scene of them walking as children with like cute. their voiceovers, yeah, it, like as adult actors is so cute. And it's just kind of like it puts like the fun little idea of like, oh, like if you and your partner were were children, like would you get along and like how would you interact? And it's just mm-hmm. really, really a, a good scene. It's great. Um. And then um, after that, I think is then like this B plot of the doctor and um, Mary mm-hmm. when you don't really just like the realization when that they're starting to kind of fool around and then mm-hmm. his wife shows up and then she's like, you can have him. You had him once before something to that nature. Yeah. And the reveal that she had the procedure done a that, couple of times. That is brilliant. Like yeah. such a great B plot that's going on. It's like with these, you think these are just like guys just doing the procedure, but like that they did it to themselves is that was really good reveal. I, I mm-hmm. did, I had not remembered that on my first viewing. So that was like, in terms of rewatchability that hit like hard this time. It's, I, yeah. I it's really fun. And it just goes to show like how the B plot really strengthens like the core, like values of like the, the, the a plot of like oh like love perseveres even through like this weird shit like these like even without the memories like the feelings and the the yearning is, is still there yeah so i thought that was brilliant um and then i just have two more scenes which mm-hmm. are probably yours too when when the house starts to fall apart in montauk Ooh, i have one before that really quick if oh I, hit if me I can then. get one in Please. the elephant parade scene is so <laughs> great um just a fun little fact about it it was like an actual spontaneous moment in filmmaking it just happened to be happening like nearby where they're filming and so they're like all right we're going over here we're getting footage um 
Talk. So like they had to edit out like footage or like the audio of people being like, oh, it's Jim Carrey. Like, hey, talk to me, talk to me. And like, oh, that's people hilarious. were trying to get their attention. And the scene where she like disappears from the, um, he didn't know what was going to happen. And so he, they like, he calls out to Kate specifically and they have to like dub over his line mm-hmm. to like make it like accurate to like the actual scene. But I, I just think it's like such a, a warm happy spontaneous feeling that like it feels like an actual memory and i just think that's really cool oh that's fun i, I did not know that that's cool um yeah so so then that goes into the, kind of the downer part the the house starts falling apart so go i did i thought maybe you were a nut but you were excited i wish i'd stay i wish i'd stayed too now I wish I'd stayed. I wish I'd done a lot of things. I wish I had... I wish I'd stayed. I do. Well, I came back downstairs and you were gone. I walked out. I walked out the door. Why? I don't know. I felt like a scared little kid. I was like, it was above my head. I don't know. You were scared? Yeah. What you knew that about me? I ran back to the bonfires, trying to outrun my humiliation, I think. Was it something I said? Yeah. You said so go. And it's like, just, you know, like the symbolism of like, you know, that's the end of their memories together. Um, They're talking about like, I wish you'd stayed. And he's like, yeah, I wish I'd done a lot of things. Really feeling the regret. And then at the end, when she, you hear like the whisper, like "Meet me in Montauk." Yeah, I, uh, I love that whole scene. That's like easily one of my favorites because, like, that is their true meet cute. Yeah. But on top of it, you get to see like Joel talking through how he felt in the moment. It's like a play by play almost in mm-hmm. a way that's just like really awesome. Yeah. And like you it, get to see them like t- like oh like we can like play like we can pretend to be husband and wife and live in this house and it's just so cute and really scary and they're just so honest with each other that it's it's really really fun yeah and they're like in the acceptance phase like they're not terrified that the house is is crumbling around them and they're just like just talking about their feelings and what they Mm -hmm. meant to each other i think that's really good um and then just my final one is the gut-wrenching ending realization like can you imagine when this you're meeting someone for the first time things are going well and then you start hearing tapes where you're shit talking the other person it's insane like, Mind fuck. my god what a what a what a construct because they they meet and she discovers this tape that mary left about uh all the clients that had gone through this memory erasure and you start hearing all the just awful things they said about each other and like they get mad and like they storm off but then she comes back and just that realization that wow despite the mean things we said to each other we're we're still going to choose to do this again mm-hmm. like through the thick and the thin, we're gonna we're gonna go through it because that's that's love. And if it works out, it works out. But if it doesn't, you're grateful to have had the experience. So exactly, that's the that's the stinger at the end. And that's just that was brutal when I was watching it. I was like, damn, this is this is this is tough. So I love that. Um, yeah, that's all. Those are all my scenes. I think. Yeah, I love it. I I think that that is like such a great way to end the movie too. Of just like, well, let's let's go again. Yep. Let's do it. I, I think it's great. Sequel? No. <laughs> no, no Windows. sequel. Please no. God. Do you have any uh favorite quotes? Um 
I'll throw out the obvious one. Um, How happy is the blameless vessel's lot? The world forgetting by the world forgot. Eternal sunshine of a spotless mind. Each prayer accepted and each wish resigned. And I, I like before that when she's like, do you like quotes? Do you like famous quotes? <laughs> <laughs> and she's fucking them all up and like, yeah, by Pope Alexander. <laughs> It's great. Um, so that's that's my favorite. And then I also like, are we the dining dead? Um, I like when they're eating. Yeah. Because um, they're like, are we one of those couples that just does this now? And I, I like that too a lot. What about you? Uh, yeah. I You got the one that I really love. And then, of course, the Clementine quote earlier that I mentioned. Of, I'm not a concept, Joel. I'm just a fucked up girl who's looking for my own peace of mind. I'm not perfect. I can't see anything that I don't like about you. But you right will. Now, I can't. But you will. I just think like it's so so great and so like essential to her character. Yeah, that's great. I I, yeah. I like sand is overrated. It's just little rocks too. That is know. that is really funny too. <laughs> uh, that's all I got. I think though a lot of good quotes, but a lot of the quotes are just like scenes and passages mm-hmm. and whole moments. So it's hard to pick hard to pick out one. But yeah, those are the goodies. Totally. All right, let's move on to Houston. We have a problem. Houston, we have a problem. Oh boy. Um, what so do you think? what could have been better? I only have one, one thing really, I guess. Okay. Let's hear it. And just when, so you talked about how they, they use practical effects mostly mm-hmm. and some of the CGI stuff just, it, it hasn't aged particularly well. I think that's fair. Um, like when the car falls out of the sky, that does not look great. <laughs> I, that kind of jumped out at me this time. That's fair. Yeah. Um, they do but, so many like in camera and like practical stuff that like whenever there are like some bigger CGI stuff, it is a little yeah. weird. So that's the in like in that whole scene too, like I think just now that I'm fine-tuned and have watched a lot of movies where I'm looking for things like that, like when he's running back and forth, like between the crashed car and then he comes yeah, back the street, into the crashed car. It's the same street, yeah. Like, I mean, I can see now, like when he passes back by that telephone pole back and forth, you can kind of see the the little jumps that he's doing yeah. there, but that's really all. That's really me going nitpicky there. But I mean, that's a really cool scene and some. Mm-hmm. some but I, that's really all I have, other than you know Patrick's a little weasel, and that's just the character. Totally. That's not a <laughs> exactly. That's not a, what about you? Do you have anything? You know, I this was really tough. There's like one thing in particular that I'm not crazy about, and I understand that it's an artistic choice, and that is the specific... We talked about the score. It is really good throughout the whole time. Mm -hmm. On the train scene specifically, it is so distracting to me, and it's super intentional because Charlie Kaufman talks about how like they wanted music to fill whenever they're talking and not whenever there's silence and just Mm. to have silence during the silence to make it like more awkward. Oh, that's that's good. And it's very intentional. It kind of drives me a little nuts, but like, it's, it's like, it's funny you say that because when, when I was watching it, I thought it was like music on the train, like, like, yeah, it's super ambient weird. music. Like when I listened to it, watched it the first time back, but yeah, I, I, I get you. That is a little, it's a little concerning, isn't it? Yeah. Disconcerting. But yeah, that's like the only real thing. I really, um, yeah. I don't have much that doesn't work in this movie. Yeah. Like it's, it all is pretty, pretty tight. Uh, I was one of the benefits is that it's not like for a sci-fi movie being like an hour and 40 minutes. That's pretty, that's pretty tight. So yeah, I don't think there's any fat that needed to be trimmed per se. Totally. Yeah. Beautiful. And they did, there actually was, but they trimmed it and we'll get to that. in a bit. Oh boy. Eventually. Exciting. So, yeah. 
All right, let's move on to you like me. You really like me. And I can't deny the fact that you like me right now. You like me. Uh, This movie was nominated for two Oscars. Uh, One was Kate Winslet for Best Actress in a Leading Role. She lost to Hilary Swank in Million Dollar Baby. Um, But it did win an Oscar with the nomination of Best Original Screenplay. Yes. Um and it beat out the Aviator, Hotel Rwanda, and the Incredibles, which I think is kind of interesting. Oh, I didn't realize the Incredibles had a screenplay. Yeah, that's, that's cool, neat, right? Nice. Yeah, it's pretty good. I mean, again, I think if this happens today, I think this is definitely nominated for Best Picture and other I agree. awards. Now that you know the categories are expanded and expanded, best picture, totally for sure. Totally. No cinematography nom. That that should have happened too. I mm-hmm. think. Dang. Totally. I agree. It, it's. It's a weird one for sure. And no like Jim Carrey nomination, which I think is like a little yeah, harsh. But that's tough. Yeah. But I don't know. Well, you know, right. it's one of those movies where you look back and you're like, oh, yeah, the Oscars, they, they got this one wrong, maybe. I I, yeah. I don't know many people that talk about Million Dollar Baby, you know, mm-hmm. but I mean, I've, I've seen it, but, you know, I, people, I don't think they're of all Clint Eastwood's movies. I don't know if that's one that they talk about a lot. Yeah, because that's the one that won Best Picture that year, right? Yeah, I won Best Picture that year. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so it makes sense that Heather Swank got the the, yeah. the the win there. But yeah, it was one of those because I think the nominees that year were The Aviator, Finding mm-hmm. Neverland, Ray, and Sideways. I think you replaced Finding Neverland there. Personally, put Eternal Sunshine in there, cowards. Anywho, this is Jamie Foxx's win, right? For, yeah, he he wins this year too. For that's Ray. fair. So I, I guess I think, I think he Carrey... deserves it over Jim Carrey in this specific thing however I, I think a nomination was definitely you know yeah for him. i don't think i mean she could have replaced again johnny depp and finding neverland that's a fine movie but mm-hmm. i mean you know give my guy some some work here anywho yeah i'm with you Sweet. all right going to the golden odies do you do you have any awards to give out i want to give out a golden odie to jim carrey obviously mm-hmm. um just tremendous stuff like you know when you see a robin williams or a jim carrey or a comedian who's doing a serious role or like even, you know, Adam Sandler, uncut gems, mm-hmm. things like that. It just shows you the talent that like comedic people have, like they can do like a funny person can be dramatic, but I think it's really hard for a dramatic person to be funny. I, I just mm-hmm. think that that's, that's how it goes. So seeing it done is, is, is really good. And I just like Jim Carrey, this, this tone shift for him, I think is, is really good. So I'm giving my golden Odie to him. What about you? Yeah, I got two to give out. I, I do want to give one to Kate Winslet just because I think yes. this is so such a like out of the norm character for her in a way that's so well achieved. Like this character, Clementine is such a fun character that that is doing a lot with yeah. just like being like essentially like a, a memory of her. I, I don't mm. know. I think she's she's doing a lot in a, in a really interesting way. And and for someone who basically did period pieces leading up to it, it it's really interesting and, and fun to see her kind of work in that. And um, you never also, see like a slip of like sometimes British actors have trouble doing an American accent. You never see that great. slip or oh, anything. Flawless. Yeah, good stuff. Um super fun. Um and then also I wanted to give a golden Odie for good Mark Ruffalo performance to Mark yeah, Ruffalo. Yeah. How about it? Yeah. <laughs> I'll throw one to Kirsten Dunst too, since we're yeah, we she's talked so about fun. that earlier. But mm-hmm. but yeah, that's good. Sweet. Any squeakers? <laughs> I, I'm just giving a squeaker to Elijah Wood's character, um, because yes. he's in because he's a scumbag. But 
I'm giving my squeaker to uh, Joel's neighbor, Frank, um, because okay. my guy, mind your own business. He's like, any big plans for Valentine's Day with Clementine? And he's like, no. And he's like, well, you better hurry. You don't want to be eating dinner with Mickey D's. Am I right? And then and he did like his like arm like thing, like his arm slide whenever he said it. It was so cringe. Yeah. And he's like, and then he's like, uh, I got to get to bed, Frank. He's like, but it's only 830. Like, mind your fucking business, guy. <laughs> like, shitty neighbor. So that's that was funny. tough. That was tough. That's my that's my squeaker. What about you? Yeah, I'm giving my squeaker. I'm naming it the slimiest scumbag award. And I'm giving <laughs> it to Patrick. Um, yeah, very fun. Very fun performance. I like that. Like, that isn't even really his character isn't even like really sewn up at the end. He's just kind of still floating out there. Like we just, <laughs> yeah. Him What's get he up shut to? Down. <laughs> he should be arrested. Yeah. Good God. What a freak. Anyway. Yeah. What a character. Is that the worst character that we've encountered in the top 100? That should be a list we come up with. <laughs> I mean, uh, I would say like American, uh, in American psycho, right? Like, yeah, I guess you're right. He's like murdering people. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. yeah. Yeah. Dinosaurs, Jurassic park. Yeah. Well, no. yeah the, the dinosaurs are pretty terrible. <laughs> not the people who created them, but of course not the dinosaurs, <laughs> American politics. Mr. Smith goes to Washington. Anywho. Totally. All right. We can move on. <laughs> all right. Let's move on to surely. You can't be serious. Surely you can't be serious. I am serious. And don't call me Shirley. Oh, there boy. is a lot of interesting fun facts about this movie. I'm so and excited. I'm really excited. Okay. Do you know who was originally wanted to play Joel? No, I don't really know anything about casting. Wh- There's what some ifs. interesting stuff. So nah. the what ifs for this was Nicolas Cage was really wanted for oh, Joel. My, but that's was in, interesting. Yeah, yeah. Like he was like really high at the time, like with some, uh, I'm trying to think of what he did. Well, he had just been in, adaptation which was also a charlie kaufman script yeah. in 2002 so i guess and he like kind of played a pseudo charlie kaufman like he kind of mm-hmm. played him in that movie so that's interesting um i wonder if that was too much nicholas cage charlie kaufman energy at the time totally interesting yes but yeah he was like in too high of demand i guess so they couldn't they couldn't grab him so they went with jim carrey next um, and of course, like at the time I, we talked about this on the Jim Carrey episode, he was in like a very troubled emotional state, uh, oh, yeah. post breakup and, uh, Gondry asked Carrey to keep up that energy and mentality until they began production a year later, which is pretty intense and pretty fun. Um, but yeah, he's like, was, was that breakup? Was that when he was dating Renee Zellweger? That yeah, was happening. it was. Okay. Got it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Such a weird couple that's that's awesome mm-hmm. um so yeah so we talked about of course how like kate wins like kind of uh redefined and like it was like a commentary on like the manic pixie dream girl trope mm-hmm. um but she was given the role uh she was up against some other like oscar nominated people who like they the charlie coffin was like i can't name who was who like the studios wanted but like there's other oscar nominated people oscar winners Ooh. who almost got the role um, but she got it because she was being pretty like um, she was giving like constructive criticism and asking a lot of questions about the script. And apparently like everyone else was like sucking up and being like, oh, I love this script. Like this is like the best thing ever. And I guess they didn't like that as much. So they really liked in part <laughs> uh, not only her performance, but like the fact that she was like, what is this? <laughs> like She was being a little critical, which I, That's I think is fun. Which kind of yeah. lends to her character too, being a little, you know, asking questions, talking. A lot. Yeah, that's cool. Mm-hmm. I like that. Yeah. Um. So, uh, Elijah Wood played Patrick Wirtz. 
Um, but someone who auditioned for it, and I think would have been a really interesting choice, uh, is Seth Rogen auditioned for the role of Patrick. Oh, wow. That's early Seth Rogen. Uh-huh. Um, hmm. Interesting. I, I think that would have been, see that? I could see that too, but there's something like, it, like at the time, Seth Rogen was kind of playing like weirdo burnout characters that I feel like would have made sense for that character but the fact that it's like elijah wood who was like literally like at the peak of his career at that at that yeah. moment just to play like this like i don't want to say like school shooter vibe but it is kind of like that you know what i mean <laughs> yeah like, it's I just do. like a different type of creepy than like seth rogan can or like has put off in other roles so i i kind of like that i went to elijah wood yeah i could see seth rogan in like the david cross role that's where Oh, totally. Yeah. Be, but but yeah, interesting. God, uh, ooh, I, I do want to shout out David Cross. I, it's a treat anytime he's in anything. Yeah, Super you're fun. like, oh, because he's he's got like what, like maybe five minutes of screen time. Yeah, not yeah. a lot. But I mean, he's the catalyst. He gives him the paper to go to the doctor. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, cool. super cool guy. Um, yeah, let's move on. We got uh in the scene where Joel is watching a memory of himself in the office mm-hmm. with uh the doctor. Uh, they don't like shoot two scenes and then splice it together. Jim Carrey is running back and forth and like changing clothes as the what? camera is panning. Like he wears a jacket and a hat in one of them and he's just taking them off and like running to the other side behind the camera before like, the camera pans over to him. What the hell? Isn't that's that awesome? Crazy. That's crazy. Yeah. That's weird. There's like this scene, there's like a scene in like their apartment too, where like she, that's like the last time he sees Clementine before they break mm-hmm. up. And like the camera is moving, like she's in one room and he goes in and she's not there. And then she's, the camera moves and she's out there. So yeah, all that in camera. It's really work. cool. That's weird. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Go Jim. Mm-hmm. Um, the, uh, the, the hair of Kate Winslet, uh, it's obviously like supposed to like indicate like all the, the time passage and how people follow that. Um, it was actually just wigs. She couldn't dye her hair a bunch because like they had to film like some shots on the same day at a different time. So like obviously they just did did wigs and I think they're really good wigs. Oh, interesting. Usually yeah. you can tell. That would have been a production I, I nightmare. I feel like. like. Oh, yeah. To do her all hair would be so dead. <laughs> disjointed scenes. And yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Uh, I mentioned the train scene earlier. Uh, I don't know if I mentioned that Kate Winslet improvised the punch to Jim Carrey. Like she actually punched him and like he was like his his reaction is like super genuine. He's like, hey. He was, yeah. Like that's like <laughs> that's like his actual reaction to it, which I think uh, is really fun. That's fun. Um, the when I talked about the adult narrating the ch- like the children like interacting scene, mm-hmm. they don't do that like in the studio like a couple days later, like they were on set narrating in real time as the kids like hang out oh that's i think is really cool and like kind of just helps like the improvisation and like the it feels very real and like kind of and it ties back to that scene uh too wherever like they're like at the drive-in and like narrating in real time of like what's happening on screen and stuff i i think that's like just really yeah i forgot to even mention that like that's so good yeah the little montage moments in their life is just so so solid yeah. Um. And then I, I mentioned this in the Jim Carrey pod also, but the bike in the childhood scene is like this actual bike that Jim Carrey like is obsessed with. It's like his prized possession. He like saved up his own money to get it. And it's just like something that is like really near and dear to him. So it's like actually in the movie, which is kind of neat. What a cutie. Um, uh, the voice. Uh, yeah. So we got the voiceovers. 
the owners of the Montauk home that Joel and Clementine sneak into are named mm-hmm. after Carrie and Winslet's assistant, David and Ruth. So they both have their assistants' names in the in the movie, which is kind of neat. That's fun. Um, after filming in the scene uh, in the sink, whenever they go back to his childhood, mm-hmm. they, they filmed there for like two hours, and apparently Kate Winslet fainted. And God. Michael Gondry wanted to continue filming, and Jim Carrey got really mad, and they refused to continue shooting until like Carrey knew that Winslet was okay and like could do it again. And I think that's kind of neat. I think Carrey like cares a lot about his co-stars and his scene partners and, yeah. and gondry is like kind of an asshole on this set like he um like there was like this one union that like reprimanded him because like the the crew re- like refused to move parts of the of the uh house into the tide whenever the tide was coming up and like so like he fired them and just had like the other crew like move it and they did it anyways and like he got like a pretty big fine for that i think and Dang. yeah kind of I- kind of weird stuff it's so weird, like, because, like, when you go and look at, like, whatever Michael Gondry has done since or before then, it's not a, it's not a lot. So I wonder if that has something to do with it. Like, he yeah. did, like, the Green Hornet and Be Kind Rewind, and, like, yeah. not really a whole much else to his name of, of note. So, interesting. Um, This is one of my favorite fun facts, and it's the warped faces that are shown in, like, the, the doctor's office between Joel and the doctor uh-huh. um, are actually the skin of Michael Gondry's knee that they filmed and then, like, put on top of it. And I just think that's so weird. <laughs> what and cool. the hell? <laughs> that's so Isn't that weird. great? That's awesome. <laughs> that's cool. Um, I love that. Then getting back to the fat that we trimmed out of this, there are some really interesting things that I think you'll find very fascinating. Mm. They filmed they filmed scenes with Joel's previous girlfriend Naomi. Oh, really? That that were in the movie. They decided to cut because it was a little just distracting and muddied up the the story. But she was played by Ellen Pompeo, who oh. is um, from Grey's Anatomy, like super big at the time, and just like she played like a very. I saw one of the deleted scenes, and she's like very mousy, and like timid, which is kind of an interesting like interesting. portrayal. But yeah. So do you think that 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 benef- they benefited from from cutting that? Do you think that that I was... think so. Okay. The, the movie's so like so tight. I don't think you need to have her. Yeah. That's um, interesting. That's a tough look for Ellen Pompeo though. Yeah, I, I agree. <laughs> but what's even weirder uh for who was edited out of the movie is Tracy Morgan. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, I guess he played Joel's neighbor. Uh not one of Joel's Frank. neighbors. Not yeah, and he was going to show up in multiple flashback memories. And, you know, Gondry noted that he was, like, way too distracting, essentially playing himself. Um, yeah, and, like, this that. is this is right after he was, like, finished with Saturday Night Live. Um, but, yeah, he, he quoted saying, he's a comedic genius, but <laughs> the reality is he was Tracy Morgan. <laughs> That's just, like, too much. Yeah, and uh, it's like, you're not doing a, a comedy, really. Like, that would just totally take Yeah, it's you, not what this became. Like, it take you out of the movie, for sure. Exactly. That's a good exactly. choice there. Shout out Tracy Morgan, though. Yeah, and then uh, finally, there were two alternate endings that were originally planned for the film. Uh, one being that Joel walks away from Clementine instead of trying to get back together again once they discover the tapes and kind of just like choosing to walk away. And I'm glad they didn't do that. I think it could be a more realistic thing, but I, I like the message that comes with this film. With Definitely. them getting back together. Yeah, I like that too good choice there and then another one that they thought about doing was like they wanted it to like kind of all take place in clementine's head as she's getting 
it was it was like really gonna be like really even more meta and it's like oh actually this is inside her head and this is how she would perceive joel going through with the procedure oh whoa and and it was like overall like it kind of just took away like joel's agency and didn't really i don't know like it kind of just like didn't really mean anything whenever you do that so they just wanted it to be more organic growth with the characters and and yeah i don't know it's just kind of interesting those are, I think those were all good decisions because yeah. I mean, at some point, I mean, Charlie Coffin has made movies that are like just beyond weird and hard to comprehend. And I mm-hmm. just think if you get too in the weeds, you lose your, your mainstream audience. Cause I think a totally. mainstream audience also can enjoy this movie. So uh, yeah, that gets too in the weeds, I think. So good yeah. choice there and good. Ending. I agree. Yeah. Um, Carter, does this movie pass the Bechtel test? I want to say no, just because it's just talking about the past relationships the entire movie. But I could be yeah. wrong unless she's like when they're talking. Oh, no, because when she's talking to the memory of his mom, they're still talking about Joel. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, it doesn't pass. I think the closest it gets is I know the doctor's wife has a name. She is credited with a name and like her and, and Kirsten Dunst are talking. But of course, they are talking about uh, the the doctor. The doctor. So, so no, it, it doesn't work out. Um, Tough. Yeah. But does this pass the Rick Dalton meme test? Absolutely. Hell yeah, it does. I think in a good way, too. I think it's good. So I love it. Good quote. Quote of the Mm -hmm. day. Oh, I guess I do have one more fun fact that can go with that. They originally, uh, he he never said what, but Kaufman wanted the film to be titled 18 words. Like he wanted it to be an 18 word title. That would be so ridiculous. It couldn't fit on a marquee. But instead, they went with Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind from the poem that we read earlier. Wow. That's yeah. a good choice there, Charlie. Just <laughs> totally. Sometimes sometimes you got to put somebody back in the box when they're out. Yeah. There is such a thing as, you know, legibility <laughs> and things like that. So, yeah. Yeah. Good date totally. movie, Jackson. Oh, fantastic date movie. I, yeah. think. I think. Do you so think too. so? I think so. Yeah. I love it. Lovely. Sweet. Wonderful. Let's move on to The List is Life. The list is an absolute good. The list is life. Oh, baby. Let's hop over, Jackson. This is our 20th movie. Um, Wow. I know. Uh, So we're officially a fifth of the way through our list. Pretty exciting. Um, Jackson, how many stars did you give Eternal Sunshine? Uh, This is a five-star movie. This Not only is this a five-star movie, this is in my letterbox top four uh fave four this is one of my favorite movies of all time so yeah I, easy five star for me yes i agree with you easy five stars for me as well so that puts us above i think we both gave did you give butch cassidy five stars or did you give it four? i did okay i did give it five so i think we're so that's where we're talking we're in the top six for sure do you mm-hmm. think it's better than butch cassidy and the sundance kid i do i do as well I'm going to do that. Do you think it's better than Silver Linings Playbook? Yes. I do as well. Do you think it's better than Everything Everywhere All at Once? I think it, I personally like it better. I think it's it's very similar in tone and feeling, but I, I think it is better. Totally. I, I think I'm going to agree with you and 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 go bump it up as well. Um, Is it better than La La Land? Yes. <laughs> I, think so. I do think it is. I, I think we're, we're on the right track here. Is it better than Jurassic Park? Yes, I think so. I like it better than Jurassic Park. Okay, here we are, Jackson. Dead Poets Society or Eternal Sunshine? What do you think? 
I think it's Eternal Sunshine. If you will, if you will allow it to be higher, I, I think it should be in our number one spot. I will absolutely allow it. I love wow. this movie, uh, and I am in total agreement of that. So, should we lock it in? New Let's number lock one? it in at number one. Wow. Let's go, baby! Wonderful, That's exciting. Um, real exciting. Do we want to? Are we going to do a bonus episode where we fix some things, or do you want to do that now, or do you want to? We can yeah, we can do it now. Let's let's uh readdress some stuff. Do you think is some the, stuff should be moved around? Well, I what do you feel about the placement of Silver Linings playbook these days? I can move it down. I'm I just, would be down to move it down. Because below it immediately is Butch Cassidy, Do the Right mm-hmm. Thing, and the Prestige, and American Psycho. I uh, what do you think about any of those? Well, I th- you didn't give Do the Right Thing five stars, right? Am I misremembering? I gave it four stars. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, that's just a that's just a number, you know, brother. I mean, that's fine. I could definitely move it below Butch Cassidy. If you want to move it lower, I give you the go ahead. It's up to you. How about I'm gonna put Butch Cassidy up, and I'll okay. just I'll just well let me just read what we have then, um, okay, and see how you feel. Twenty Monty Python and the Holy Grail. Um, I disagree, but you know that's where it needs to be because we're a team. Understandable. Okay. Yes. Super bad at nineteen. Mm-hmm. I think that's fair too. District nine at eighteen. Mm-hmm. I think I like that. Mr. Smith goes to Washington at seventeen. Yes. A Star is Born at sixteen. Mm-hmm. The Muppet Movie at fifteen. Yeah. Yeah, buddy. Uh, Into the Spider Verse fourteen. Mm-hmm. Knives Out thirteen. Dark Knight twelve. Titanic eleven. And then we're into American Psycho, Prestige, Do the Right Thing. Do any of those feel wrong to you at this moment? Those ones feel good. I can switch some stuff around if you have any issues. No, I think I actually feel good about that as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I think I'm feeling good about it now. Silver Linings just for some reason wasn't sitting right with me that it was. If you want to drop it, we can drop it. I mean, I, I gave it five stars also. So I think it needs to be. Ah, I mean, I don't want to drop it too far. Like, I like American Psycho more than it, to be honest with you. But, but I don't want to. Hey, I up- really liked American Psycho. What did I give it? I gave it five stars. What did you give it? I gave it five stars. What? Why is it so low? What are we doing? Well, I don't know. I was... Let's move it up. <laughs> okay, so should we just move American Psycho up? You think? Is that what yeah? You're let's thinking? let's move American Psycho above do Prestige the right thing. and do the right thing. And okay. then, is it is American Psycho better than Butch Cassidy? Do you think? Well, is it better than we're saying it's better than Silver Linings? Right? It's sure. Yeah, I'll say that. Is it is better it, than Butch Cassidy? Is it better than Butch Cassidy? Well, I think it's where we get into the argument of this is when like history of Hollywood, like what did what did more and what was uh-huh. different about it. Fuck it, let's put it above Butch Cassidy. All right, let's do it. Okay, all right, I like it. Okay, there. wait. So then we have okay. <laughs> so, do you want to move everything everywhere above La La Land? Ooh, um, yeah, I could, I could do that. You, we don't have to. We don't have to move just for the moving sakes. It's up to you. I mean, I love that movie. I love everything everywhere. It is so good, um, and it's won so many more awards now. I feel like everyone's getting on board with it. Let's move it up one. I, I still, I still like Jurassic Park over that, though. I, think. I agree. However, yeah. uh-huh. if you want to switch Dead Poets and Jurassic Park. Oh, I'd feel that would be wonderful. I think. I think that feels right. I love Dead Poets. It's one of my personal favorites. But mm-hmm. Jurassic Park is it's just Jurassic like, Park. Yeah, it did so much. It's Spielberg. Mm-hmm. 
I agree. Great adaptation, amazing effects for the time, and just like they hold up really well. Mm-hmm. I'm with you. Let's do it. Let's do it. So right. I think that that do you want to refresh our top five and sure and remind the audience where we are now? Sure. Do you want me to do top five or just do you want to me to go from twenty on or just top five? Let's do top five. Okay. At five now we have La La Land. Mm-hmm. At four, everything everywhere all at once. Mm-hmm. Three, Dead Poets Society. Two, Jurassic Park, and one, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Feel good? I think that's pretty good. Amazing. All right, did some shuffling around. I like where we're at. We'll do some more adjustments, I'm sure. Oh, yeah, this list will get bigger, buddy. So we might have a whole episode of re- restructuring. We'll see. That's fine. Wonderful. There's our top 20. I love Woo-hoo. it. Great stuff. Um, We do have someone to add to the actor list, Jackson. <gasps> um, do we really? Oh, I guess we got Kate Winslet. Yeah. Okay. Um, from Titanic and Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. So she will join the ranks of five uh, different actors. Um, oh, she'll be the sixth, I suppose. Um, so I'll just start at the bottom. Um, we have Jamie Lee Curtis at the bottom with Knives Out and Everything Ever All at Once. Yeah. Is Kate Winslet doing more in Titanic yes, and Eternal Sunshine? Definitely. Agreed. Um, then we have Michael Caine uh, in The Dark Knight and The Prestige. You think she's doing more for the Michael Yes, King? totally. Yep. I'm with you. Then it, I think it gets a little tricky because then we have Emma Stone for Superbad and La La Land. Mm. I I still think move her up. I think she's doing more in both of those combined than Emma Let's Stone. As much go, as I baby. love Emma Stone. Yeah, it's true. She's doing a lot of physical stuff and Titanic. Totally. She's doing a lot of emotional stuff here. Wonderful. Um, then it's Bradley Cooper for A Star is Born and Silver Linings Playbook. Oh. Which is tough. I I think you could move her above, but that's up to you. I I would be okay with it. Hey, um, let me think about it. Um, I don't know. I think I'd like. I think I like her at three for now. Okay, yeah, sure. I think I'm gonna stop there, because then Who- and also I don't think anyone's touching Christian Bale for a while. Also, yeah, not for a while, because that is tough. Because he's got three to his name. So, mm-hmm. okay, Kate Winslet at three. I like Sweet. it wonderful so there she is she's at three out of six now and now jackson we can move on to the hall of fame i believe yeah are you feeling lucky you could ask yourself a question do i feel lucky well do you punk i'm feeling lucky baby Woo! so just to recap we had recently michael b jordan lose to matthew mcconaughey but last week or the last time we did this i think that was last week we had Jamie Foxx beat out Matthew McConaughey. Yes. So now Jamie Foxx will go up against Rachel McAdams. Ooh. Very fun actress. About fun. time. Truly one of my favorites. Oh, I would love to her. talk about it in a podcast that gets posted. That would be great. <laughs> on <laughs> yeah. my accident. Oops. Nah, that never um, happened. That never happened. No. <laughs> um, oh, we should do an about time podcast. Anyways, Rachel McAdams. I think she's great and delightful and really fun. Uh, yeah. What do you think? Ah, oh, she is great. I mean, I think people probably think of her just like as a, as a rom-com queen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously with Mean Girls, Notebooks, Wedding Crashers, things like that. But she's done some serious work too. I mean, she's done, uh, you know, as you said, About Time, I think is, I guess is technically a rom-com, but she's been in, you know, Spotlight. That's a banger mm-hmm. of a movie. She is really good in Spotlight. She's really good in Spotlight. Oscar nominated in Spotlight. Um. And now she's in like she's fun in the Sherlock Holmes movies. Mm-hmm. She's in the Marvel Cinematic Universe now. Yeah, doing she's it all. Fine in this. 
Go yeah. to hell. <laughs> Tremendous stuff. One of my favorite sleeper movies, Red Eye. Um, Never seen great, it. Great movie with her and Killian Murphy. Wonderful. Um, but I think I'm going to go with Jamie. I feel Jamie Foxx here because also Rachel McAdams is in Aloha. Oh, no. Really? <laughs> yeah, she is. I mean, hey, so is two of our Hall of Famers. So you That's know, you true. Can't... That's true. She is on the poster. I guess she's Bradley Cooper's ex-wife. I, I, haven't, I haven't seen the movie. Do you know? You haven't seen Aloha? Oh, hold <laughs> no. on, Carter. Hey, it's we got to do an Aloha episode at some point. Oh, man. When we're done with the RCR top 100, do we need to do an RCR bottom 100? <laughs> we can do like a bottom 10 for <laughs> that's sure. That's uh, a, d- a dumpuary uh, in January next year. We oh, that's fun. It. I'm very down for that. That sounds cool. Wonderful. Look at us coming with ideas on the spot. Um, I still feel like Jamie Foxx. I mean, because we've talked about him a lot. Like, I don't know. what. How, how are you feeling about it? Before yeah, I, 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 I do versions. love Rachel McAdams. Her Mean Girls performance is iconic. Yes. And to do that and like also rom-coms in like the same years is, is pretty fun. But yeah, Jamie Foxx is he's he's like kind of one of the modern goats that I think will be, you know, with with like a lens of like in the future looking back, I think we'll really, really appreciate all that he's done a little bit more even. And yeah, I just got to give it to Jamie Foxx. Wonderful. I'm agreed. So that's two weeks in a row for our boy, Jamie Foxx. So he has the chance to enter the Hall of Fame next week. Speaking of which, Jackson, mm-hmm. next week, we will be covering, according to the Wheel of Randomness, we're going back to 1960, Jackson. <gasps> we're covering Alfred Hitchcock's Psycho next week. That's awesome. Never Very seen exciting. it. Super excited to get into it. Very this exciting. Hope it's not another Monty Python situation where you think it's I doubt awful. It. But we'll see. It's different. I will just say that. Cool. It's different. So, yeah, we'll be doing that. That's on Peacock for all you Peacock heads out there, all you NBC fanatics. Go check that out before next week. And, yeah, let me do a little fantasy filmography update, Jackson, then we'll get out of here. What do you say? Sounds good. Wonderful. So we're in week 10. Uh, Not a lot of change from the past week. Uh, David is still in first with his six movies. Jeff is in second place. I should should say scores, shouldn't I? In first place is David with 181 points. Wow. And second is Jeff with 147 points, uh, but he has four films out, so he's having a good little mm-hmm. little average movie rating there. John Wick is doing phenomenally for him. Sleeper pick totally. of the draft, I would think. Um, and he's got Dungeons & Dragons coming out this weekend, which seems like it's going to be a, little, a lot of fun. So go check that out. I'm in third with four movies with 137 points. I'm just waiting for my South by Southwest movies to have really a mass distribution and get some audience reactions and stuff yeah. like that. Uh, Cody in uh, fourth with four movies. Uh, Shazam, underwhelming. But Scream 6, still doing some good numbers for mm-hmm. him. Um, Corbin is in fifth with two movies. Air is getting a lot of good reviews. Yeah, and, um, it looks so good. I'm really looks, excited for it. It looks like uh, it's going to replace like Ford v. Ferrari for like the dad movie. Dad I movie, think. totally. So that's looking like a lot of fun. Can't wait for that. That opens, I think, next weekend, not mm-hmm. this weekend. Um, and then it's Matt in sixth with his two movies, just uh, his Ant-Man and uh, Willem Dafoe's Inside, which critics love, but it's one of those where audiences are like, I don't get it, which is a bummer, but yeah. it's a good movie. Um, then it's Brian with Creed 3 doing bangerang numbers for him as well. And then Jackson, you just sit, since you just got one movie, you got your, and it's a Tetris streamer. So you're in last at the moment. I but. thought it was releasing last week. 
and it releases this week. So go check it out. Yeah. That's my bad. Uh, Apple TV, mm-hmm. I think. Apple TV Plus. It's probably yep. doing a limited theatrical, theatrical. run. I yeah. thought I saw something at the Alamo Draft House, which I haven't been to yet. Maybe I'll go to the Alamo Draft House to see it. Give Sweet. you some money. Um, Please do. So, yeah. And then this weekend, our head to head matchup is uh, your Tetris Jackson facing off against Jeff's Dungeons and Dragons. I don't um, think I'll, I'll win, but you know, I don't that's either. Okay. <laughs> but um, see, so yeah, I think it's Jeff's world right now. We're just we're all living in it because mm-hmm. then if Dungeons and Dragons doesn't win box office this week, then it's probably going to be John Wick, which is also his movie. And then the next weekend, you know, super, he has Super Mario Brothers movie, too. So that's coming out soon. I think that's going to be the I think that's going to be a is it should I dare say a billion dollar movie? What do you think? I, I, I honestly do think it will. I think it's going to be their most i don't know if like i think critically it'll be their most successful illumination film and i think mm-hmm. it could be their most financially successful too like the ip of mario that's oh, big man. man that's gonna be big in japan i think i'm so. excited i'm real excited for it yeah me too I, so that's yeah I, I do think it'll do really well internationally as well that like yeah. in a way that we just like will completely underestimate totally so yeah that's where we're at right now um and with that jackson we are donezo sir Woo-hoo. We have wiped the memories and Jackson, where can people follow us on Instagram? They can follow us on Instagram at roughcut underscore pod. They can click our link tree, go to all of our ways to stream the episodes. I recommend Spotify. Give us a follow. You can do our little polls that we do. It's very fun. And uh, yeah, Spotify about anchor now. So like all of our metrics are based off of Spotify. So go to there. Yeah. It's pretty good. It's worth it. Yeah, do it. And maybe, I don't know, maybe I'll ask this week on the poll, would you erase someone from your memory? Maybe I'll ask that. that. Yeah, that's a good one. Very philosophical. Yes. Answer that question. Let us know what you're thinking, how you're feeling about your life. And uh, yeah. And go check us out on Twitter as well, at roughcut underscore co. Check us out there because you might not have TikTok for much longer. So go to to Twitter. (laughs) We'll see. For for while while that lasts too. You never know. Although I, I think we're not allowed to do polls on Twitter anymore unless you're verified or something like that. That's so stupid. We might not be able to do that. Thanks, Elon. Great. But still, go give us a follow. And just, <laughs> just see our episodes there as well. And uh, oh, go check out Pick and Roll episode three also, by the way. Woohoo! Uh, doing a little March Lovely. Madness recap, little Final Four preview. Go check that out over at <sighs> Cap. And with that, we love you very much. Thank you for listening. This was a fun one, Jackson. So fun. Thank you again. Lovely to have you. Bye. Bye. In case I don't see you. Good afternoon, good evening, and good night.